TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. New year, new team. Who's this? This is the Thunder First Take Postgame Show. I'm Brady Trantham alongside Miss Christine Butterfield, Matt Burton producing, keeping us live. And Jerry Ramsey, at some point, will be joining us. I believe he is jumping on post-game availability with head coach Mark Dagnall following the Thunder's 108-99 to victory over the Orlando Magic. If you just remember, not but a few days ago, the Thunder actually played Orlando in Oklahoma City, losing that game. So now the Thunder have tied the series at one, everybody. And depending on how you feel about this team, this season, and especially the trajectory of this franchise, because anytime we're going to be talking about the Thunder after all their games this season during these post-game shows, we're always going to be talking about what happened in the game, of course, with the mind, with the eye for the future. So depending on how you feel, you're either happy you saw your Thunder team win, or you're going, why did you do that? Why did you play very well down the stretch? Why did you defend so well? Why did you hit some clutch shots, Oklahoma City? You're supposed to lose for that Cade Cunningham guy. But we will get into that. Christine, this was a game that Oklahoma City, having played the Magic uh, not even last week, a game that they very well could have won down the stretch. It was a one or two possession game in Oklahoma City. And listening to the pregame with Mark Dagnall, he kind of mentioned that there were a lot of things we thought we did well against Orlando that we're wanting to sustain. There were a few things that we didn't do very well, especially late, that we want to correct. And tonight was just basically Mark Dagnalt's dream. They did exactly that down the stretch. Yeah, they kept the game close the entire game. You know, they were only down or up by a couple of possessions. And then down the stretch, they were just seemingly making every shot. And every time they got fouled, they kept making their free throws, which I think was the key for them. They um, shot 90% from um, the free throws. So I thought that that's how they kind of saved their game down the stretch. And just defensively, they were so solid. They kept or the Orlando Magic from, you know, going to the rim as often. They also made their shots from behind the arc very difficult to hit. So I thought overall they did really well tonight, and I think that's what ultimately helped them win the game. Yeah, and with Nikola Vucevic with the Magic, I mean, he had a really good game against the Thunder a few nights ago. Uh, <laughs> having said that, Vucevic and the Magic, I think they broke a franchise record in Oklahoma City for points in the paint. I think they had 72 or 76. It was something ungodly. Uh, but 46 points in the paint for Orlando, so obviously the Thunder cleaned that up a ton, and they weren't necessarily destroyed in the paint. They had 34 themselves, the Thunder, so uh, the balance wasn't where they probably wanted it to be, but it wasn't anywhere close to where it was in Oklahoma City a few nights ago. But to your point, Christine, the Thunder shot 19 of 21 from the free throw line, and anytime you're talking about a team that is... You know, we, we've talked about it already a handful of times. The starting five is pretty good. It's going to keep them in games, especially if guys like Darius Baisley, who tonight was 7 of 10 from the field. If guys like Darius Baisley or Lou Dorter are hitting their shots, the starting five can not only just keep them in games, it could keep them ahead in games, like you saw uh, tonight. Basically, from the second quarter on, I believe the Thunder outscored the Magic. I don't have the math in my head correct because I'm not a mathematician. I'm kind of a dummy, but... Um, no, you're a history major. We, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, now, this game happened in the past, so thank God you have me. So I'm well qualified to do so. But I guess 
again, this really just depends on how you feel as a Thunder fan. The Thunder won, so that's how we're going to critique them tonight. So obviously they did things well. The players and the coaches are going out there to win games. And when you're talking about this game, Christine, uh, with the understanding these two teams played a few nights ago, you like that you see development. And in my opinion, the, the one thing I think Thunder fans can look forward to in all these games, even though they may understand that the future is supposed to be brighter than what it is now, at least hope for these games to all be close towards the end. You don't want it to be like New Orleans the other night on New Year's Eve where, man, the Pelicans just ran away with it. You want these games to be close so you can see guys like SGA, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, Alexi Pokushevsky, Teo Maladon. You want to see how they uh, how they perform in the clutch moments because that's really where the Thunder want to be in the future and how their young players perform will dictate where the franchise moves and pivots from. Yeah, I think that seeing them improve from the last time they played the Orlando Magic and seeing how they made adjustments and were able to keep those adjustments throughout the entire game is going to be very key for the Thunder moving forward because what I was interested in seeing for this game was if they're going to you know, make those changes, be able to consistently keep up with what they wanted to do and just be able to pull out this win because I thought it was a win that they could have gotten on the road looking into this game and um, they definitely stole the game. So you can definitely bring that back to Mark Dagnalt's coaching and seeing what he did, seeing what they did in practice. Also doesn't help that they made shots. I mean, you have, what, six players that were in double digits tonight, two from the bench um, with Theo Maladon and, or Teo Maladon, excuse me, and Hamadou Diallo. It's going to be a long time for everybody to get his name down. <laughs> I, I feel like it's pronounced differently. Like the guy the, the guy in the arena. The in-game announcer, yeah. Chesapeake Energy Arena says it in a very interesting way I'll just say I'm sure it's phonetic, I'm sure it's correct because he does work for the team I've heard broadcasters say it differently I've gone to basketballreference.com to see how it's phonetically yeah. uh, spelled and how you actually say it and I'm just like whenever we're 60 games in we'll probably know for certain so don't don't worry about the Theo Teo thing Thank you Brady appreciate Yo, that <laughs> I, I'm basically saying this to everybody out there but Not if you're going to say it on Twitter I will correct you I'm just kidding. Okay. But I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But I mean, it's really good to see that they improved from the last game. And like you said, Brady, the most important thing for the Thunder for this season, like even if so, if they're going to tank and they're going to lose a certain amount of games, you want to make sure that those losses are still competitive losses and that you're not losing by an exorbitant amount. So for them to keep these games competitive, keep the leads really short and being able to show that they're going to be able to be a good team in the future and that they're able to keep up at least keep up with these guys now that's going to be the key for the thunder and so if we see them throughout the season actually be able to you know lose games to some really good teams only by like three possibly 10 i would say that they would be in a pretty good position moving forward for the 2021 2022 season that's always going to be the hope in the meantime, while we're doing all these games, all these post games, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be not a chore because this is a fun job to have, and the franchise for the most or the Thunder, the Thunder's franchise for that. And since I'm looking at the 107.7 franchise logo right in front of me, uh, you know we're accustomed to them, of course, being a successful franchise, but also being a franchise that prides itself on developing and improving throughout the year. We, there are countless. Uh, numerous examples of players and teams that have done so. So we're very much looking forward for that. But uh, Mr. Burton over there, you, you know, like Darius Baisley tonight, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 7 to 10 from the floor. Uh, like Christine mentioned, basically everybody that played tonight 
Um, except we, Poku. Except for Pokushevsky, which we will always get to. <laughs> Shocker. There, there's, a, there's a lovely segment that Matt Burton came up with that is probably going to be featuring our good friend Pokushevsky a lot this season. So look forward to hearing his name. But uh, everybody in the starting five, Sands, Lou Dort, um, who is... I think heading in tonight, leading the team in three-point attempts and three-point makes. He only had nine points, four rebounds. He was 2-7 from the floor. But everybody else, 19 points from Baisley. SJ was 16-7-5. George Hill with 18. Al Horford with 12. Again, like we always talk about how, hey, you know, if you're not paying attention, the starting five for the Thunder is pretty good. But on nights like this, when they're hitting uh, shots at that clip, I mean, they're going to they're going to screw around and beat some teams that we're not going to see coming, and that fan base is going to look back once the draft rolls around. and Go, why did you have to beat the Lakers that <laughs> right. night? No, exactly. And it's it's kind of the old. I'll, I'll steal that. I'll steal this from Kelly Gregg. The well, these guys get paid too. These guys these guys get paid to play too. Um, and the Thunder tonight. I I keep calling this just to go back to um, you talking about development and not worrying about wins and losses. I keep calling this like a moral victory year instead of like getting victories, right? So a moral victory would be like seeing what Darius Baisley did tonight and being like, okay, that's something that we can build on for the future. Like that, that's, a, that's a win going forward. Like, I mean, not only did they win tonight, they won by seeing their young guys play well. Except, except for Ludor. I mean, he did, he did all right. But like that, that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at this season as more of like, um, okay, they lost, they lost the Magic the other night. Isaiah Roby looked good. He might not be in the future. He might not be in the future plans. But, you know, guys like that, some, some young guys that have potential, seeing them play well, uh, seeing like, like the move Darius Baisley did, I think it was Michael Carter-Williams, uh, when they were on the break, one of the best rookies he, of the year, and one of history. the worst rookies of the year ever, um, where he reached in on the break and Darius basically goes behind his back and then dribbles a few more and then like kind of leads the break, finds George Hill for a layup, like that's not normal for a guy Darius Baisley's size, but that's his skill set. That is in his skill set, and he shows flashes. And um, I, I don't know. I just get I get really excited talking about Darius Baisley because I think he is going to be uh, really really good. Yeah, it's best Billy Donovan impression. Really, really good. Very, yeah, very, 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 very good. good. No, Mark, Mark Dagnalt's obviously got a lot of Billy Donovan in him, being a former Florida assistant under Donovan. But uh, it seems like every time I hear him talk, and I'm really paying attention, like, oh yeah, that's Billy. That's Billy. Right. That is basically Billy. And again, I don't know if that's a Billy Donovan thing specifically, or if that's a Sam Presti, Oklahoma City Thunder, you work for us now thing. But we'll find out. We'll find out someday when the Thunder maybe get past Sam Presti, but. Uh, you know, Christine, more so with the young players. Uh, tonight, Teo Maladon with a career high in his young NBA career, 12 points. He actually scored or assisted. This is coming from Joe Masato of the Oklahoman. He scored or assisted on the Thunder's first four baskets in the f- fourth quarter. And it was a tight game. I believe it was 84-82 Oklahoma City uh, heading into the fourth quarter. And so when you've got a young guy like Teo Maladon who can run, run the offense very efficiently and at least... Because he's going to have bad nights. But there's at least an identity with Teo Maladon when the offense is being run through him, uh, when he's facilitating. When you have nights like this, and you're going into the fourth quarter, and you're hopefully within a possession or two, if you get production like that, I mean, the Thunder, what they're projected as 21, 22, 23 wins this season. Of course, there's only 72 games in this NBA season. If if this just keeps going with Teo Maladon, this is going to be a sneaky good bench, and we're going to stop basically praising the starting five all the time and just going, well, hopefully the bench does something. Yeah, I thought that 
or I think that Teo Maladon's level of play is very high when he's not making mistakes and he's not looking like a rookie because he does need that time to adjust to the NBA. So he still has a lot of wiggle room there. But when he is on, he's a very fun player to watch. And you can tell just by his vision, by his spatial awareness, by um, his change in speed. I really like his change in speed. I think that it's going to serve him well moving forward whenever he does get more comfortable with the ball and, you know, obviously leading the offense on this bench. So when he's able to connect with the guys around him, he can be really deadly in these situations, which is what you saw with the four assists starting with the fourth quarter and getting 12 tonight, his career high, like you said, Brady, just able being able to put all those things together, prove that he can do more than one thing, prove that he's not getting intimidated by these players in the NBA that's a big deal. And I do think that he has a pretty high ceiling moving forward. And if he continues to play like this, the bench is going to be looking pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Like I've always kind of felt with this bench this early on in the season, like the telltale sign for the bench's performance, good or bad is always going to be Hamadou Diallo because while Teo Maladon is the point guard, he's not necessarily running the offense or has the ball in his hands the entire time that they're out there. Hami will of course touch the ball a lot. And he is so athletically gifted that he can get away with some of his flaws. There was one play where he cut to the rim and jumped around. I believe it was Vucevic, actually. He jumped around him but stood in the air so long that he was able to kind of rebalance himself in midair and get off a nice shot, and he banked it off the backboard. But somebody with a normal a normal athleticism in the NBA probably at best gets fouled in that instance. So right. if Hami has a good game, the bench is probably going to have a good night. But you add Teo Maldon to that, and Matt Burton, you are... A well-documented Duke basketball fan, and Duke, I'd say they've had a good, a few good point guards over the years. They've had a couple. So yeah. basically, when it comes to point guard play, I value your opinion. So not necessarily tonight, and again, a career high twelve points for Teo Maladon off the bench. What have you seen in the preseason games a few weeks ago, and then uh, four or five games into the regular season? What are you seeing out of him that maybe gives you know Thunder fans and especially you some either optimism or maybe pause with his game moving forward. Uh, the thing that impresses me is just his poise. That's kind of the thing that has stuck out to me. Like he just he seems so composed sometimes and then there there'll be times where he, you know a couple turnovers here and there whatever but that that doesn't worry me about Teo Maladon going forward. I, I I kind of want to see him doing that because he's trying something. I want to see him try a little bit. Uh, you can you can make some mistakes, but trying to make something happen, and those are going to happen because he's a rookie. He's 19 years old. This is his first year playing in uh, the NBA, and I think didn't he have a quote today that came out that said that he, you know, or it was either today or yesterday that he was like, you know, the physicality, the speed is you know, it's it's different, and that's going to take yeah. some time to get used to, which. I think is why Poku is struggling also as well. But one, one um, of the many, one, <laughs> one, of the one many more things. than the other, one of the many things. But no, as far as Teo, as far as Teo goes, just the poise um, that he plays with. He he pl- he does not play like a rookie at times. At, at, there are some plays that he makes where you're like, oh, that guy's probably been been in the league six or seven years. Just kind of the way that he looks like he carries himself on the court and how he handles it. I, I don't know. I, I like Teo Maladon going forward. He also, he obviously has. Uh, a pretty high ceiling, but uh, as far as those silly turnovers, mistakes, those those will happen. But he's he's trying something. I, yeah. I, I like to see a young guy like trying to make something happen. Yeah, the thing with Teo, it's kind of similar to how I thought about Darius Baisley last year. I'm not saying that their games are similar in any way, shape, or form because they couldn't be more different. But Darius Baisley is a rookie. When he made mistakes, 
I liked where his brain was. I liked yeah, what, exactly. what he was trying right. to do. So you just you basically hope, okay, well, if he improves, his body and his brain are going to catch up to the speed of the NBA game, to the savviness of the normal NBA defender, and he's going to not make that mistake next time mm-hmm. as he gets older. And I see a lot of that with Teo Maladon, Christine. Yeah, I see that in his creativity, and I see that in his vision. So whenever I watch him play, I always like where his mind is at. I can always tell what he's trying to do. And... That's comforting to me whenever I can see a basketball player that, you know, might not be as experienced, might not be as, you know, adjusted to the NBA yet, who's very new, but you can always tell where their brain is at and they're going in the right direction. So when those mistakes do occur, at least you knew knew what the plan was and you're like, okay, he's going to be able to adjust later on. He's going to take that in and he's going to just absorb that. And that's what I've been seeing from Teo so far. And I think he's going to definitely carry that into the greater part of the season. And once again, Darius Spazy with... A game high, 19 points for the Thunder. I believe six players off Oklahoma City's roster tonight scored at least 12 points. So not a very bad outlook at all for this team tonight. But it's going to make this next thing a little bit harder. Let us go ahead and choose our Thunder player of the game. Now, the franchise Thunder player of the game. Brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. I'm tempted to say ladies first, but I mean, just look at Matt Burton over there. Just what a guy. Just waiting in the wings behind That's the fine. glass. I'll, I'll take the layup, Darius Basley. Right. Yeah. Darius Basley, 19 and 12, 7 of 10, uh, shooting 50% from the three point line as well. I mean, I, I went on a rant about Darius Basley earlier, and I feel like that kind of covers him uh, for why I liked him tonight as player of the game. I believe it's his second double double this season. I don't think he's had a double double in the home games. Like now, So now that I mention it, the Thunder are undefeated on the road, and they are defeated at home. So, shame on you, Chesapeake Energy Arena home environment. Even though there are no fans in the arena. There were fans in Orlando, though. Just a, Actually, I don't know. Guys, was that a normal Orlando game? Was that a normal yes. Orlando Magic oh, yeah. game? <laughs> yeah. Not that many fans of the Magic, even though they're not that bad of a team. But, um, yeah, Darius Basley, probably the layup. Christine, are you going to basically go chalk with this, or do you have something else in mind? You know, I'm going to go with George Hill. I think he made shots in really key points of the game tonight. I think that he did really well with making sure he was in the right position, which is a lot of what great offenses need. And so him just being aware of where he was at, where he needed to be, and making sure he was open so that when he did get the ball, he could shoot the shot that he wanted. I thought he picked his shots really well tonight, and he was a strong player for the Thunder, at least stronger than what I've seen him in the past couple games. Yeah, and even going back to the Thunder's only win going into tonight, uh, of the season against Charlotte, that was a game in which George Hill was, I think he was either 8 for 8 or 7 of 7 until he missed his final shot uh, at some point in the fourth quarter, and then Miles Bridges went off. Charlotte came back in the final two minutes. Uh, but the Thunder aren't in position to win that game if George Hill is, of course, not perfect. So uh, George Hill is another caliber player that can certainly you know, get hot, and he can get hot in an efficient way because he's not going to heat check himself out of right. the game. So if he can hit some shots, again, it just goes into the starting five being so good. But I guess because, Christine, because you didn't go chalk, I'm not going to go with any of y'all. I'll go SGA just because Jerry's not here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all know Jerry Ramsey does not like Shea Gillis-Alexander whatsoever. I'm sure he's asking Mark Dagnall right now in postgame availability about how SGA maybe had a bad turnover at some point and what happened. But, I mean, tonight... 16 points out of the Thunder's sec- second-year Thunder player, but third-year NBA uh, player himself. 16 points, 
seven assists, five rebounds. And I, Burton, I may, I may be wrong. I feel like he's been hovering around seven or eight or nine assists a game. Yeah, no, he like, has. He has I think, I think he'll be that way the rest of this year. I think he'll be like seven assists, seven rebounds, and then twenty plus points with this roster. Yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, think so. I, like, I think some so. nights, yes, this roster can hit shots, and that's going to. You know, that's going to equate to some heavy assist numbers for SGA, for Teo Maladon, for everybody. And it kind of goes into this offense, especially with the starting five, being very good with ball movement. So uh, the ball moves with purpose, assist all over the place when they're hitting like tonight. But whew, one segment down from the Thunders, second win of the season. I mean, let, let's, let's really catalog this, guys. We don't know how many of these we're going to be able to talk about. Who knows? Probably not many. It's a lovely thing. I mean, it's 2021. Let's get weird. Especially not coming up, since we read off the schedule after yeah. last game. We read yeah, up the, 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 like the next like 12 games. They're going to be in a stint where it's going to be uh, they play the darkest Knicks. before the dawn. They play the Knicks <laughs> coming up, but uh, other than that, it's it's tough sledding. Yeah, watch out for Julius Randle. <laughs> right. Watch out for Julius Randle. Playing 47 minutes a game. That is Matt Burton on Twitter, at I am Matt Burton. Christine Butterfield to my left, at CB on Sports. I believe, am I correct on that one? Yes, correct. Yes, thank God. Um, I always think it's at CBS, and I'm like, what are you doing here? Why, <laughs> why do you work for CBS? But whatever, whatever. Oh boy, I'm Brady Trantham at Brady Does Sports. If you want to follow us on Twitter, give us a question, give us anything, tell us that we're good, tell us that we're bad. It's who cares? It's eight thirty-seven on a Saturday. And we're having fun. When we get back, we will be joined by Jerry Ramsey himself, following post-game availability with Thunderhead coach Mark Dagnall. We're back. Thunder First Take Post Game Show here on that there 107.7 The Franchise Machine on your radio dial. Oklahoma City beats Orlando 108 to 99. Just like I said when I was trying to be witty and funny, the Thunder even the series at one because I'm sure everybody remembers the Thunder played the Magic a few days ago. But this is a different game. It's a different time. And guess what? It's a different year. So happy new year to you all. Hopefully everybody is out there safe and sound and enjoying themselves and also a quick shout out because i forgot to do this in the first segment uh quick thanks and shout out to ryan chapman for filling in so that i could uh basically sleep before midnight on new year's eve so you guys did what i heard you guys did a fantastic job but brady trantham here christine butterfield to my left matt burton across the glass doing stuff that i, I really can't tell what he's doing for all i know but we are now joined by our good friend our fearless leader i guess we could say when it comes to thunder coverage mr jerry ramsey fresh off of mark dagnalt's post-game availability which i'm sure was just scintillating jerry what's up i think that uh no one puts this no one puts a sizzle oh my goodness can you hear me oh yes we yeah. can hear you there we go i can't hear me i can't hear me which i guess is good anyway that must be terrible for you jerry no i'm fine now i can hear myself and i feel a lot better about myself uh <laughs> So sizzling. Uh, the word's electric, and Mark Dagnalt is right there. Uh, listen, the guy's a coach's coach, and I really have enjoyed um, covering him this year. I just think there's there's an underwriting, like, entertaining value about the guy that we're, we just haven't seen yet because he's just trying to get his bearings taken on this job. Uh, so I want to see him come out like the butterfly that I know he's going to be and uh, get going. So... Uh, tonight just talked about, you know, obviously the big game from Baisley, talked about how I like the defense, and I actually asked him a little bit about Mike Muscala, uh, about how his game has sort of evolved with this team. And so 
Uh, like I said, I, I think that as we get to be more comfortable and as he gets to be more comfortable with the media, this guy is, uh, this guy has an underlying something to him. I just don't know what it is, but it's a je ne sais quoi. Is that the right way to say it? Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Because there's a bunch of French folks uh, on well, the Ask on Teo. The you said he was on the availability right now. Go, go ask him. No, I know they got they, they they chased him off. They scared him off real quick. He, oh. You know what? The, the funny thing about Teo coming up, I did listen to a little bit while we were in break. Uh, somebody asked him about uh, the defenses and what he's learned so far. The NBA defense has been thrown at him. In, in not so many words, he just sort of said, "Well, there was a lot of defenses thrown at us in Europe too, but I, you know, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to learn, trying to do the best I can, blah blah blah." Uh, but it was just like, yeah, like it's not my first beer. It's fine. Right. I'm I'm kind of I want to go back to what you were saying about Mark. Though, you really think that Sam Presti would allow a head coach to have personality and these maybe availabilities? <laughs> I'm 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 kind of shocked. Uh, Billy had Billy had a little sauce. It just it took a lot to get it out of him. Well, yeah, but he'd Billy, been around Bill, the block yeah, though. Billy he'd been was, there for a minute. Billy was a a name and a face before he came here. Yeah. So yeah. Sam, because Sam Presti kind of has full control over Mark since he's basically grown up in the Thunder organization. I'm sure he probably has a little bit more of a micromanagey type style when he is talking to Mark about how to deal with the media and everything. So you think well, you think we're missing out on some some amazing entertainment from Mark? I do. I do. I mean, listen, I'm going to throw that out there right now. Yes, I do. Uh, but right now, he doesn't know which drawer his pencils are in, right? He can't find his stapler. Like, there's just a ton of stuff going on for this guy right now in his office. So I mean, it's, it's going to come along. And, oh, by the way, he's coaching in the first post-pandemic non-bubble NBA with no fans, which I think... Four thousand fans were actually in Orlando. That's what. Uh, well, we already Steve, we already Steve said McGee, yeah yeah we already said Jerry that that's just a regular Orlando game. So no worries, it was just a normal <laughs> environment. I still just can't believe you're talking about a guy that looks like he played the trombone in high school. Oh, okay. Here's okay, Christine. Were you not around? I, I see. And I'm not now. I'm just going to straight call you out. All right. Were you not around for the uh, introduction, uh, the introductory uh, press conference between uh, him and Presty, and they started breaking down the. Didn't the they, Bruce Springsteen I was going to say, the didn't end? they say he was a Bruce Springsteen fan to try to yes. try and make people like him? <laughs> and they were, and listen, I know you guys, because I am a nerd, I am a music nerd, like they were going high level, high concept, like Bruce Springsteen jokes between the two of them. It was pretty awesome. Here, I'll, okay. t- I'll tell you what happened, okay. and you tell me if you get it. Sure. Like Presty said, I know that he's a big Springsteen fan, uh, but I, you know, I always tell him my favorite Bruce Springsteen album is Tunnel of Love. That's hilarious. Jerry, this is the part of the show where I ask you, uh, who the hell is Bruce Springsteen? Did he play play in the league? Yes. Yeah, he averaged uh, like five a game. um, Oh, he's trash then. All right. right, No, but that that is next level Bruce Springsteen comedy right there. I I was cracking up. I I had had a great time. Welcome to the 2020-21 Thunder. Bruce Springsteen quips. Well, I guess, Jerry, getting back into the game, you put out a little tweet during the the winning time segment of this game. I think it was about four minutes left, and you said, this is what I'm looking forward to with this team is just these moments. And fortunately for Oklahoma City, outside of the New Orleans game the other night, every game has basically come down to the final two or three minutes where it's a possession or two game. They uh, ended up winning on the road in Charlotte to start the year off. 
because James Harden w- wanted to do other things, so the Thunder weren't able to start in Houston. But oh well. Then they come back to Oklahoma City, play uh, some tough, play some tough competitive games against Orlando. Uh, can't get that one to go. They get blown out against New Orleans, and they come back against Orlando on the road. Same situation where it's a one or two possession game, but instead the Thunder kept their foot on the gas and they were able to extend their lead with their defense, with their offense. I mean, what did you see specifically or what kind of jumped out at you off the screen? Whenever you see Shea, first of all, I, I didn't think Shea had a particularly like great game going into the third. He started to warm up a little bit, and you look at his stat line, and you would say, what are you talking about, Jerry? The guy had a great game. You know, He contributed everywhere, but I thought he was kind of, just vanilla for the first three, and then he starts to pick it up in the fourth. And you can see, Brady, where, and I think in particular I I can think of a pick and pop between him and George Hill towards the end of the game, and they go to the third option. And I'm telling you, this is why I love Al Horford and George Hill being here right now. Because I... Whether they'll say it out loud or they won't, and, you know, Al Horford's on the availability right now, but if they'll say it out loud or not, somebody needs to ask him, is there a concentrated effort to make sure that Shea is basically making the play in winning time? And I've said this before. I don't, it doesn't have to be a shot. Uh, it can be a great pass, but made because he kicked or made because he saw the play. Uh, but you can see George Hill, Al Horford, on a regular team that's trying to go down the stretch, they're going to play that two-man game, and they didn't. They opted out and went to Shea. So I think there's a concerted effort for him to do it. And tonight he came up. Uh, I think it came up pretty good. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you're, where you're going because, of course, when we're talking about Al Horford, George Hill, we're talking about a, two players that I guess we all kind of just have the understanding of probably to the trade deadline, and that's it with them on this team. So in the instance where the Thunder are able to trade them and Sam Presti is able to get back everything that he wanted, uh, perhaps they don't get players anywhere near near the caliber of team like fundamentally sound basketball players like Al Horford and George Hill in return. So in that instance, if SGA is left for with passing to Darius Baisley, that's fine. Darius is a fairly good player at this stage. Lou Dort can hit some shots, but if he's passing to Pokushevsky, if that's who has to come off the bench and in, in, in a reserve or in a starting role, if we're talking about that or Kenrich Williams, Jerry, I mean, that's where it's going to become more inherent on SGA as a playmaker and basically as a guy influencing the game by himself in order for the Thunder to win games, because again, they're trying to win when they're on the floor. You'll hear superstars talk about, especially their second or third year in, whenever they come in, and, and sometimes it's, it's bad organizations to put them in the situation, and they'll say, I need help. You know, They start to feel like they're the only ones that could do it. Shea has not been in that situation just yet, but I would like for the Thunder, in you know, while they have uh, Hill and Horford on the team, to sort of put him in those situations. I like him being on the floor. Uh, was it? He was with Baisley and uh, Theo. Or how do you say it? Theo? Theo. Theo. Treo, whatever his name is. French. Donnie right. Don, Donny Treo. Fro, Froyo, whatever his name is, right? And he's a rookie. I don't have to name him until next year. Froyo Anyway, uh, yes. Theo Mayo. Nice. Uh, but he was with that second unit. And you could, you know, you can put him in uncomfortable situations where it's all on him. And he's going to have to get to the bucket. He's going to have to take a couple of shots. He's going to have to get knocked to the floor a couple of times. He did today. So, like I said, overall, uh, I thought it was a good performance from Shea. Going back to what you asked Mark Dagnall about tonight regarding Mike Muscala, I thought he contributed well from the bench tonight. I see him as being a really strong corner piece for the Thunder right now. I don't know how you feel about that, Jerry, but what do you think his future is with the Thunder? Do you see him being traded 
kind of quickly near the end of the year? Do you see him kind of staying for another couple of years? Or I just wanted to know, like, where you thought he was at with the Thunder right now. Christine, yes. Like, right now, yes. Um, He's in that in-between, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All those options are on the table. But what I've said in watching his game this year is he's making himself an asset, right? Absolutely. Like, he's... He's starting to look like, you know, whenever a team is looking for, and he did it. And and, and thank you, Mark Dagnall. He didn't say glue guy per se, but in the answer in the answer he gave, he was talking about how offensively he can glue your offense together. Um, if a team cannot shoot for the stars and afford a Horford or afford, you know, a, a, one of the guy, you know, one of the guys Hill, I mean, you can ask about Muscala, can't you? And you're still going to get a value guy because he's giving you everything. He had uh, was a four block game uh, a couple of weeks ago. He had five rebounds or not five, six rebounds tonight. He he's had a always, Steph Curry three against Charlotte. We're just he's from the logo. always always knocking down threes. It just you look yeah. at it, you know, and so the guy the guy is turning into an asset. So I'm sure Presto would be fine with him. You know, obviously he went up there and got him right. He took the train to go get him up in Minnesota. <laughs> so obviously Presto loves the guy. But if he turns himself into an asset, I mean, kudos to Muscala making some money, right? Yeah, I mean, shout out to Sam Presti. He is indeed a very good closer when he's recruiting a player. Uh, that is something that unfortunately <laughs> oh came gosh. up around these what parts. What are you doing? This is called, I don't even know what this would be called. It's, it's a tease for a different sport. But we all know what we're talking about. Oklahoma didn't get somebody that Clemson got. I mean, cry me a river. It's fine. It's fine. They're still the best team in the Big 12. Oh, by the way, the second cornerstone is a dumpster fire right now in the Big 12, so they're fine. Yeah. Bring back Mike Stoops to Austin, I guess. I, before we get to our favorite new segment of this season, which uh, Matt Burton <laughs> dubbed the tank commander of the game, I want to re- uh, read out some stats for you guys. And uh, According to how the Thunder went into this game and then how they fared tonight, and I'll just bounce this off you two, Jerry and Christine, um, I'll just let you guys guess really quick. So tonight, coming into the Orlando game, where do you think the Thunder ranked out of 30 NBA teams? Where do you think they ranked in fast break points? You gave this away. I watch all your stuff. They're up there. It was like one or two, right? No, 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 no. No, the the 29th or 30th. They're 29th, right? They are. They are 28th of 30. Okay. They are 28th of 30 in fast. They suck in the fast break. Yes. Two points tonight in fast break points. Just mm. it's a different it's, game, Brady. It is it's a, a different. It, it's a different game. Nobody, nobody. As much as people think that they're running and gunning, they're really not. Everybody is sort of playing a half court set, micromanaging and taking jumpers. They're either taking three pointers or going to the rack. No, what's frustrating is they get the steals. Like they get a lot of defensive possessions back. They get they opportunities. Cannot, they cannot make those transition threes. They cannot make those fast break points or points in the paint for that matter. So even though they're making teams pay on the defensive end, they don't put it back offensively so it ends up being a net zero. So they're not even really taking advantage of everything they're getting defensively. Well, I mean, we talked about this, Matt Burton. We talked about this during the game, Christine, as well. Uh, I think a big problem with that, and it's not necessarily a problem because this, like you said, Jerry, this is a different Thunder team. This is not the Russell Westbrook-led Thunder. It's not even last year's Thunder with Chris Paul, who's not blazing fast, but Chris Paul knows how to push the pace anyway. The Thunder were fairly good in pace last year. Um, SGA just not being fast 
really hinders this fast. Like, if the Absolutely. Thunder wanted to be a good fast break team, they failed this season because SGA is just not quick. And we we made the comments during the game that at this point, Teo Maladon is just quicker with yeah. the ball in his hands than SGA. And I think the only caveat would be, well, perhaps with SGA's stride and his length, he probably covers more ground when he's taking off. But in my opinion, Jerry, I don't know if this is crazy, but I feel like the pace is better when Darius Baisley rebounds and pushes, or even if Pokushevsky gets the rebound, because at least he tries to push. Now, is this going to help the Thunder win or lose games? I don't know, but this is something that I think is going to rear its ugly head a lot more this season with the Thunder just being unable to get fast break points in that department. You need a finisher. They don't have an athletic finisher. Darius Baisley is the closest thing they have to a guy who, I mean, think Blake Griffin. Think, uh... Uh, gosh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, oh, who's the kid for Philadelphia? Uh, Tobias Harris, right? Uh, I mean, because really, it's just a guy that can run the floor and finish up with a dunk, and they they just don't have that guy. I mean, which guy do they have that can just run the floor and then get a pass and dunk? They don't they don't have him, and so that's part of the problem. And like you said, also, do you have a point guard? You did with Chris Paul, but do you have a point guard right now that can push the pace like that? Is it George Hill? Is it Shea? I mean, I don't know if it is, and if you don't mind, I, and I'd love to bring him in. Uh, the only other, the only person on this show that actually has played high-level basketball, and uh, that's Matt Burton, six um, A. I don't know if you know this. What, what did your, what did Troy Handle used to be, Matt? Oh, uh, twenty-two. Deuce, Deuce. Yeah, Deuce, Deuce. That's right, because he wore twenty-two and played basketball. Uh, if you could answer <sighs> that, because if there's one thing I know about you, Matt, one, you played high-level basketball, and two. <laughs> You are a hell of a finisher. Uh, t- <laughs> tell me about no, the no interviews, please. <laughs> oh man! Tell me about the, me about no, the thunder finishing. Yeah, no, this is live radio. This is a podcast. We can't just you know yeah. say whatever we want here. Um, but no, Darius Basley is is the closest one to that. That that is for sure. You're you're right on that. Um, I think Lou Dort has that ability. I just man, I don't know. He he had a nice drive and finish today. Um. Man, I, I just don't know what Lou Dort is trying to do. He's 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 hit a couple threes, right? He's hit a couple threes these past couple days. He's shooting well from the outside, and he's he stopped kind of attacking a little bit tonight, I think. But I think uh, Lou Dort could be, definitely be a finisher on the break. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think Shea can do that. Shea can be the guy. You, I, granted, he's not fast, but I mean he knows the angles. Um, and he's crafty. He is crafty. Like I always think of Shea, like especially when he's driving, as a, a less explosive Manu Ginobili, where they Aww. just like yeah, <laughs> well they're they're just crafty. They know the angles. They know how to get off w- these weird shots, and uh, and make kind of these weird shots. So that's how I see Shea when he's driving to the basket. But yeah, no, Darius Baisley would be the best one by far. Matt, I think I have to disagree with you. I don't think SGA is that guy. I do not see an explosiveness in his game. I do not no, see I'm not saying he's an acceleration. I know, but when you're talking about someone that needs to push the pace, you need someone that can quickly just, in the next couple steps, really accelerate just so you get that couple of seconds of distance from another defender and you're able to just get a pass off quicker. And I don't think Shea is that guy in transition. I think he's a good ball handler. I think he does well in traffic, and I think he's athletic. But when it comes to really pushing the pace and transition and really getting from getting those steals and getting a basket on the other end. I don't think he's good at making that happen. They're going to need somebody else. If that's going to be Teo in the future, I think that's a possibility. 
Hamadou Diallo is not bad at dribbling the basketball, so it also could be him, but they're really going to need to seek out another presence there besides the fact that they also need to finish her down low as well. Well, let's go from the fair criticism to the fun criticism, and that is, of course, me teasing the Thunder Tank Commander of the game. We're good! Tanking! Guys, sorry. Sorry, we're going. We're going. Tanking! Through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Oh, that was lovely. Good job, Matt. Thank you. Appreciate I love it. it. I love it. I put in so oh, many that minutes. Matt? I put in so many minutes of work into that. Of course. Matt I Ma- didn't know that was Matt. Matt, did you not recognize his voice? No. No. Wow. Goodness. You don't even know your producer's own voice. Well, Jerry's he's since- more than a he's more than a producer. He's- Everyone's favorite producer's favorite producer. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. your yeah. favorite your favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. producer's favorite producer. Yes, yes. whatever yeah. it's called. Well, Jerry, since gotcha. you are our lovely guest and you are technically a disembodied voice, you're not in studio. You're in your you're on your throne room in Edmonds. We will let you take the first whack at the Thunder Tank Commander of the game. Remember, whenever I'm not in studio, you always have to ask the question: Am I in my underwear? All right. I'd the, like to uh, think tank- that you were. <laughs> I don't want the answer. Just please go ahead. Okay. All right. Are you still just, sticky just from that up. champagne I'm, bath? I'm not going to answer. I'm just, that's the question that should be floating around. Uh, gosh darn it. I mean, it's hard to pick. I mean, because everybody played so well tonight. But let's go ahead and go with uh, Lou Dort. Lou Dort, 2 of 7. Not bad. Uh, he was only 1 of 4 uh, from the, uh, from the uh, three-point range. But, yeah, take seven shots, bro, and you only make two of them. Uh, thank goodness Darius Baisley was holding your jock today because Lugwenis Dort, is that his name? Lugitz. <laughs> you, my friend. Lugenis Maximus. The, uh, the head of the tank masturation tonight. Christine? All right. I'm going to go with Kendrick Williams because... You're stealing my notes. I'm so sorry. I swear I didn't see them, but... He was 0 of 5 tonight from field goal range, 0 of 1 from three-point range. He didn't make anything, but he was shooting, and he just (laughs) didn't contribute practically at all for the Thunder. And, I mean, he made two three-throws, but great. But you expect someone like Poku to not score at this point. So anything from any productivity from Poku, you're like, great! Wow! Slight improvement! But Kendrick Williams, just tragic tonight. Yikes. Yeah, it's going to be Kendrick for me. Uh, There was one particular sequence where he got to the rim, looked like he was going to have an easy little lay-in or dunk, and I think he just straight missed it for whatever reason. (laughs) Might have had the shot altered by a defender in some way. Then he got his own rebound and then tried to reverse lay it in, and then it just got straight blocked. So uh, sorry, uh, Kendrick Williams. We love the shag. We love the the hair. Just wasn't having it tonight. So, Burton, are you going to go chalk with Kenrich? I'm going to go chalk, and this is why... This is why plus minus is my favorite stat. <laughs> because Kenrich Williams was plus four. Al Horford and George Hill, minus two. They're Wait, can we talk two. about Poku's plus 12 tonight? <laughs> plus so That's why yes. plus minus. Yes. Plus minus is my favorite stat. Oh, my goodness. It's the, just the worst. Yeah. If Poku has any 
he seems like a kid that has a sense of humor judging by his style and his outfits that he's put on social media he should just screenshot his plus minus and put it all over instagram just be like yep your boy did it plus 12 tonight that's what i do gotta have one stat to put out there jerry any final thoughts before we kick you off yeah i need to see mark gagnall back in a suit are you watching this post game yeah, yeah the fox sports replay this- Yes, whenever they, you know, introduced him or whatever, and this is, like, he showed up for real. And now they got him in jogging suits. What is he doing? He's just, like, kicking it around. Come on. So I guess... I know that the coaches don't have to wear suits anymore. I know, I know. You like your coaches in in suits. Just put a... It's an occasion. Anytime you coach an NBA game, it's an occasion. Is it not? I guess if there's 18,000 people in there. If not, then, yeah, just let me wear some... Let me wear some sweats and a, See, and a tie and a polo. No, 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 no. You put you put a damn tie on. It's the, it's the na- this isn't the G League anymore. Do you wear a suit MD? when you get on a plane, Jerry? Yes, because it's an occasion. Of oh, course, that's an I event. do. <laughs> what? Yes, he they're going to put me in a, for an event. They're going to they're going to put me in a time machine. Do you realize in 1890 that it would take like weeks to get from California to uh, like St. Louis? Now they can do it in hours. So if I'm going to get on a damn time machine, yes, I'm going to put on a suit. That's how we're going to leave you, Jerry. Thank you for joining us and thank you for jumping on post game availability. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, that's what I'm here for, guys. And and thank you so much for saying what a great job we did the other night because I was really doubting it until you said it. Well, I mean, I try. I tried to listen. I listened to the first half, and then I fell asleep because I am an old man now. I did not stay up for New Year's Eve. That is my uh, Well, it, it happened, so I'm glad all you guys are with me and uh, appreciate everything. Yes, I will. Mrs. Oh, Mrs. Ramsey. Why are the candles lit? All right, guys. Oh, hey. Uh, Red light special, guys. See you later. Y'all. Getting hot. Someone's calling. Casa de Ramsey. And it's also getting hot here in the studio, so we need to go to break real quick because I, I think Matt Burton is up. Uh, I don't well, like it. He's th- I don't like when Jerry talks. I don't like it. Matt, Matt, <laughs> I don't, I don't a, like when he talks like that. There's a trash can right there. Everybody, we got one more segment here on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. If you're just now joining us and didn't catch the game, the Thunder defeat Orlando 108 to 99, excuse me. We've got one more segment, like I said, Christine Butterfield, Matt Burton, Brady Trantham. Stick with us. Just like the voice said, it's 107.7 The Franchise for the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. A game in which the Oklahoma City Thunder won over the Orlando Magic 108-99. After trailing the Magic 28-33 in the first quarter, the Thunder outscored the Magic the rest of the way. Uh, basically blitzing them all over the place except for in fast break. And uh, Matt Burton came in here and just greatly disagreed. With <laughs> no, no. I would just, I just <laughs> no, wanted more. You said we were cause, trash. Cause what, no. Yeah. Because what I thought I heard was just because Shea's not fast, he can't lead a break. And I was like, well. Yes. So Christine Butterfield, who's, you know, joining us as well as the co-hostess. Co-hostess? Co-hostess. Queen co-host. I like that. Yeah. There there we go. Uh, Shout out Madison Morris. She never achieved queen status. Well, here I am. She thought she did. Yeah, she thought. She, she thought wrong. <laughs> she thought wrong. It's okay. You know, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. But no, Christine and I, uh, Mr. Burton, we we do not simply think that just because SGA is not quick or fast, he can't run a fast break. But more, you know, more nuanced when you're talking about fast breaking, it's not necessarily the speed of the ball handler. It's just the the eyes up up the floor. It's pushing the ball and. 
um, in multiple instances this season in this young year, I've seen Darius Baisley have his eyes up and pushing the ball. And mm-hmm. I've seen even Pogoshevsky do the same thing. I have not seen that out of George Hill because that's not necessarily his game. And I've also not seen it at SGA, but one thing that we all kind of agreed on before we went back on air was maybe it's because SGA center, Al Horford, is a trailing center in that he is looking for that trailing three because Al Horford can hit that shot. Uh, maybe if he had a Steven Adams who was running full blast down the floor, maybe we see a little bit more of an honest effort out of SGA to push the ball down the floor in those rare instances. But again, like two fast break points just kind of jumps out at me. Yeah, no, uh, sorry, I'm shrugging my shoulders because... A&M just picked off North Carolina in the end zone. So, uh, um, uh, I guess A&M cares about this one. They right care. Now. They care yeah. about this one. Yes, they care they right do. now. Yeah. They do right now. Because like right 30 now. minutes ago, I looked up and North Carolina was winning. Uh, I don't think they have Michael Jordan on their team. But <laughs> at that point, I thought, oh, I guess A&M doesn't care. Yeah. No. They they care now for at least at least until yeah, good they, for them. Yeah. No. That's fine. That's fine. But um, no, no. And I do agree that Shea can get better at that. Like, there's no doubt about that. He can get better. And I do like Darius Baisley leading the break more because his skill set is that of like a point forward, like a wing player, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I do think Shea. And do you think, I was just thinking about this too, do you think that maybe Shea's more comfortable in like a half court environment than pushing anything? I maybe that has something to do with it too. I 100% agree with that. I think he does look and seem more comfortable when he's able to take his time right. and choosing the perfect pass that he wants. I don't think he... Maybe because he does know that he, he isn't the most explosive guy. Uh, and maybe, that he was like, maybe, all right, maybe let's, let me get off this and maybe he's ball just, screen and try to make something happen. Yeah. Right. And maybe he's just not even used to having that self-conscious thought of, okay, got to push the pace now. Right, because right. Cause it, it, it does take a lot of focus once you are in that fast break situation to really be on it and really be as quick as possible. And not only quick, but you have to, your passes have to be crisp or else it won't even matter. And so those two skills together are deadly when they are successfully... Um, utilized. <laughs> utilized. Great. Thank you, Brady. When they're successfully utilized. That's but, all I'm good for. Nah, you're, you're good for a couple other things. Oh. Like your curly hair. Oh, yeah. And, and your your history knowledge. Take that, yeah, obviously. Matt not your math, <laughs> ma- Not your math knowledge, excuse me. No, but, you have no. you have the hair. You have you have the looks. You have you have everything that I wish I could. What? what? Huh? Hmm? what? Uh, do you guys Nothing. need to get Anyways. a room? Uh, I, miss- I guess I'll do the rest of the show <laughs> by myself. I miss your scent. <laughs> <laughs> miss your musk. Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, those two things together do take time. And lucky for Shea, you know, this is a season for him that that's all he's going to get because he gets to be that guy. He gets to make mistakes and have it be a really, you know, positive environment for him to make mistakes in because this is the point in time where they're really trying to grow and develop. So if we can see some kind of an improvement over the course of the season where he's able to make those decisions quicker or at least able to push the pace a little bit faster than he is now, I think that would be a solid win for the Thunder. I need to press the button so I can talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> 16 points from SGA, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. But again, like these criticisms, you know, we're not going to sit here and say after one game, even after 13 games, 20 games, whatever, that... One player, especially on this roster, is either going to be a Hall of Famer or is trash. And that even includes Alexei Pokushevsky. You are t- everybody is two years away from having a take on Pokushevsky. So if you think you have a take on him, please do yourself a favor and don't, because he's going to make so many improvements over a short period of time, over a long period of time, over the next year or so. You're just going to be doing yourself a disservice. And SGA is very much part of that because 
I know last year the whole narrative was uh, he had a great rookie season coming into his first year with the Oklahoma City Thunder, but in a lot of ways it was another rookie year for him because he was a complete luxury piece with that L.A. Clippers team that made the playoffs and pushed the, the Golden State Warriors that year with Kevin Durant. With Oklahoma City, he had a much bigger responsibility, he had a much bigger role, and for those out there that aren't necessarily basketball fans, I'll make the OU analogy here. Uh, we all knew we all knew Spencer Rattler was going to be good. We knew the talent was there, but he was a young player stepping into a role that he had just not had. He was hot shot quarterback in high school, but this is D1 college football, Oklahoma University. It's a different stage. And so it took Spencer Rattler a, quite a few games to get the turnover bug off of his back to clean up his game. And now he is what he is now with that experience. And the hope is that SGA going into somewhat of another rookie season, Matt, where he's looked at to having a, a much larger role and a much larger responsibility. You welcome the, mist- the mistakes. He's made a few mistakes in these late-game situations when the Thunder have had chances to win. You welcome those mistakes because he's he seems to be, after talking to him for a year, watching him play, seems to be a sponge personality that he's going to learn from those mistakes and become better for it. No, yeah, definitely. I, I, have, no, I have no doubts that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to be a great player. Um, I mean, he's already a really good player, and he's going to develop this year. And I think it is important for him to make some mistakes this year to find out, okay, I, can't, I, I probably can't get that playoff. probably can't do that, but I need to find another way to, to do it. So that's kind, of, that's kind of how I'm looking at this entire – for everyone outside of you know, a George Hill, an Al Horford, Alfred, yeah. veteran guys that you know, have been around the block and probably won't be here for, for the future. So – um, but as far as touchdown, North Carolina, sorry. Um, do you want, SEC doesn't you want care. North Carolina to win? SEC doesn't care about this game. Uh, oh, they don't care anymore. No, because yeah. they're going to play for – the SEC is going to play for a championship, not Alabama. Um, but anyway, sorry. No, just I, I just saw a and just turned injuries off, and then they just turned off caring. So, <laughs> right, you know. exactly. Right. What a exactly. shame. But no, that, that is how I'm looking at this year as like, make some mistakes. Try some things. Try and develop and see what you can do, see what you can get away with, see what you can't, and uh, just kind of see how your skill set develops. Um, and as far as as far as Shay, he's kind of, you know, he ran this position in college at Kentucky, but I mean that's a completely different level than running it here in the I'll NBA. Be, he's, so. he's playing with some NBA players on his <laughs> very uh, in true, his very five. true. One he wasn't playing Hamadou against Diallo. a whole lot of, but uh, but yeah, no. So it is going to be a learning curve this year. And probably going forward, unless the Thunder get a point guard like a Cade Cunningham or something, which is not guaranteed, obviously. But who knows? But yeah. How lucky is it that these rookies and really young players are in an environment that they can make mistakes and it's okay? Like, usually when these rookies get into the league or like young players are in the league, they have to work really hard to get the amount of time that a lot of players in the Thunder are getting right now. And they're playing against great teams, great players, and that's only going to make you better in the long run. They're getting that time, and not only are they getting that time, they're not going to be punished for the mistakes they're making because they're expected to make mistakes. And they really want to focus on growth this season, so that's allowing them to probably have a higher ceiling this season like individually than they would if they were on a different team where obviously they wouldn't have as much playing time and they wouldn't be in a scenario where they would be kind of not where they'd be encouraged to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean every personality is going to be different. I mean no matter in no matter what career field you're talking about, but especially with the NBA um, not every young player is wanting to be a sponge. Not every young player is wanting to just go out there and 
see what works, make mistakes, and then learn from it because they just want to do what's comfortable. They want to do what they're good at. If they're three-point shooters, they just want to stick to shooting threes and then therefore they don't diversify their game. I don't know what SGA's ceiling is in terms of is he going to be a top 15, 12 player at some point, an all-star, or is he just going to be a really good non-all-star player like a Mike Conley-level player with Memphis back in his prime? We don't know, but what I do know about him is he is not shy of trying things and putting bad film out there so that he can potentially learn from it and get better. And I could say the same thing with Darius Baisley, who, again, was, I guess, all of our players of the game tonight, uh, 7 of 10 from the floor, uh, led the Thunder in scoring with 19 points, uh, 10, 11 rebounds, just had it in front of me, and then I said, no, I don't want to look at you anymore. But he had a double-double. This is his second double-double of the season. He's pretty much the same player, Christine, where he is a cerebral player, he is incredibly talented, but not in the Hamanu Diallo way where he just jumps off the screen at you, but he can do basically everything you want him to do. There was one sequence, though, tonight where I think an older Darius Baisley can make this play where he pump faked in the corner, dribbled to his right. He is left-handed, and so you could tell once he got past his man, he got a little bit lost in no man's land of this isn't my dominant hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead of just jacking up a shot that could have been a bad shot, he pushed the ball um, back to, I believe, George Hill, who took a three. It was a good look. George Hill missed it. But that's a play that even the plan B is good from him. But at some point, I believe with his athleticism, Darius Bays is going to be able to make that play himself and just cut straight to the rim. Yeah, all it takes is him becoming more comfortable and gaining more experience. Because I think he's a very intuitive player. And I think he has a really good vision of the court most of the time. He makes really great decisions in transition and in the offense. And he knows his strengths. And he knows how to get to the rim. I would just like to see if he can really work on his post moves down low, see if he can kind of juke out a couple of guys if there's a mismatch situation and obviously include improve his consistency at the um, three-point shot. But I really think he brings such a versatility to any team he's going to be playing with because his skill set and his size are going to allow him to get into a lot of mismatch situations. He's a positionless player, so he can really do pretty much anything if he works on every part of his game. And if he does, I think his ceiling is going to be huge. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how much he can improve this season, and I think he's going to really, really impress some people by the end of this year. I certainly hope so. I've been pumping him up since uh, basically summer league, his rookie year, and I'd like to be right rather than be wrong. But uh, before we get out of here, Matt Burton, any final thoughts from this game? I mean, the Thunder are going to Miami to play the Eastern Conference uh, defending champions in the Miami Heat. Watch out for Tyler Hero, everybody. It's going to be fun to watch. We've seen how to beat the Heat. You just need to make 29 threes in a game like the Bucks did. But Yes. Um, and uh, Drew Holiday 144 needs to hit, in the process. Drew Holiday needs to hit, I think, eleven of them. <laughs> right, Lou Dort. Hey, Lou Dort can hit eleven. <laughs> no, the way he's been shooting, he, he will probably take eleven <laughs> shots. Eleven right. no, threes. Let's um, final thoughts about tonight's game. I mean, obviously, good win. Enjoy it whenever, whenever you can, because they will probably be few and far between, and uh, just a tough stretch coming up. So, Thunder fans, just kind of strap in and. Like I said, moral victories. Let's let's cheer on some development and some moral victories in this upcoming stretch. Christine, are you a more, moral? I can't even talk. Are you a moral victory gal? I am a moral victory gal, mainly because I feel like 
you have to give yourself a pat on the back, even if you don't get a win. at something that you did right. You know, there's always going to be a positive outlook on things that you can take if you want to. So if there's something that you really improved upon in one game, even though the whole team lost, or if the team collectively did improve in one faction of the game that they hadn't shown in previous games past, I think that there are such things as good moral victories and you can take that moving forward. If you don't kind of take those moral victories and bring them into the next game, then it's a loss. And I don't believe in that. But Fair enough. Um, when it comes to the Thunder tonight, what I've seen from the past couple of games, and I think you're going to see for the rest of the season now, is their ball movement is very, very good. They're able to really, you know, just quickly move from player to player. Shea's really great at kicking the ball out, and they're really great at just making sure they find the most open player and getting them the shot that they want. And even though some of the times the shots don't fall, just having that consistent ball movement is going to really help the Thunder out in the in the long run. So I do look forward to seeing how well they're going to continue to move the ball and see if hopefully when they know that that's one of their biggest strengths, when their shots begin to fall, maybe they'll become more competitive. Yeah, I mean, the ball movement, I mean, you're exactly right. They're a fun team to watch, especially with the starting five. The ball moves with purpose, and it comes in handy, especially when you are currently coming into tonight, uh, ranking sixth in the NBA in three-point attempts, and, you know, not bad percentage for the Thunder, no matter how young and inexperienced they are. They are 11th in three points made per game at just under 13, and tonight... They shot a cool, ouch, 13 of 41 from the three-point line, Yikes. 32%. So, of course, you know, when you got Lou Dort, when you have Hamadou Diallo taking shots from deep, and even Pokushevsky, who took one shot tonight, 0 for 1, a three-pointer, you know, sometimes it's not going to be very good. But, again, just like Matt Burton said, and I'll reiterate it, enjoy the win, Thunder fans, because you don't know how many you're going to see this year, even though we all know what's really at stake here, and that is, of course, future draft assets. But all that and more coming up over the next handful of weeks and months as we traverse through this thunder season but uh, in the short term everybody thank you all so much for st- staying tuned here at 107.7 the franchise listening to the thunder first take post game show if you just caught the last segment and want to listen to the rest of this have no fear just go to the okc 82 podcast um, which is available anywhere you can listen to podcasts it's free have no fear that's where we put all these post game thoughts and shows up so Tomorrow morning, if you want to recap all this with Jerry Ramsey, Christine Butterfield, Matt Burton, and I, feel free. But for Matt Burton, that is I am Matt Burton on Twitter. Christine Butterfield at CB on Sports. TV's Jerry, Jerry Ramsey on Twitter. And then myself, Brady Trantham at Brady Does Sports. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you later.